Hello and welcome to my fetch. So here we have in the past, let's say anywhere from 24 hours to maybe 72 hours, we have um, as something that we should be conversing about and discussing the CDC coming out and encouraging people to get early treatment for Corona. For two and a half years, or two years, the CDC has sent people their dictate, their mandate, their instructions to doctors, to professionals, was to send people home for two weeks to get worse, to then wind up in the hospital and die. Now, all of a sudden, there's prophylactic treatment, so doctors like Zelenko, doctors like that came out a little bit later, like Malone and McCullough, doctors, thousands of them, well, let's say hundreds, certainly that were very outspoken around the globe, that were treating their patients with whatever protocol that was working, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, monoclonal antibodies. So now that the CDC has said to see your doctor for this immediate treatment, is that federal, um, whatever was done with uh, Florida, I don't know if it was the FDA or CDC, I'm forgetting right now, where they basically, you know, issued some moratorium on monoclonal antibodies that DeSantis and his um, his uh, lead medical, uh, what do you call it, um, his lead medical administrator, let's say, was, um, you know, they were... In, in big favor and administering monoclonal antibodies very successfully. And then the application of monoclonal antibodies for Corona was basically, I guess, rescinded. So um, is that going to change? I mean, what, is that, um, what does that indicate um, is, a, is, a, is a real question. The second thing that's come out is that there's about a, I think it's a, uh, roughly a two-minute clip of um, Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, um, basically saying that the re- in, in response or in the context of Pfizer not seeking, uh, pulling back their seeking approval for, I think it was for, uh, I don't know if it was five to 12 year olds, or it may have been from uh, like six months to five year olds, one of those two child ages. They pulled, excuse me, they pulled back their request for approval from, uh, I guess, the FDA, or maybe it's the FDA, CDC, NIH, who the heck knows anymore. Um, but they pulled back their, their, their seeking approval. And he's in an interview, and again, the interview is a clip, so it's out of complete context. But what he does say is that they may be experiencing some problems or they need to do more research because... They created their version of Corona in a lab. Oh, and the context, the, the context of the question of the interviewer is, how is this going to change treatment also for Omicron? So here you have apparently billions of people worldwide apparently infected with the coronavirus. Right? You had card, SARS-CoV-1. Back, I think it was in 2000 and, uh, 
was it 2014? Okay, I probably should have this written down, but uh, maybe it was even earlier than that. I'm reading a book on it right now. Um, but anyway, you had SARS-CoV-2 a number of years back. I think it was 2014, but I may be mistaking the date there, so pardon me. And then you have SARS-CoV-2, which now they're saying that in order to do their testing, so you mean to tell me that you can't actually pull this virus out of any of the billions of humans that have supposedly been infected with this virus. There's no way to isolate it. Somehow we have a test that can test for it. How does that test isolate it? Which it doesn't. It magnifies the remnants or the shedding of the virus in the body. And when you magnify things like what they're doing 40 billion times or 40 million times, you can basically find the remnants of anything in the human body. You can find Ebola, you can find E. coli, you can find things that are not affecting the human body for that particular person because the, uh, the, the load or the amount of that bacteria or the viral load is so, is so small. The body is basically taking care of it. That's what the body does. That's what the immune system does. So now you have... A PCR test, again, Kerry Mullis said that it was not designed for this, okay? Um, you have the uh, CEO of Pfizer saying that they created, okay? Now they're saying they, they created their version of all the testing that they've done for all of Corona has been done in a lab simulation. They have created a virus... And by the way, this is alluding to the fact that the virus was created in a, uh, in a bioweapons lab in China. So basically what they're saying is it doesn't exist out in the real world. It doesn't exist in any human by natural means. We cannot find it or isolate it in anywhere in the natural world because if they could, they would. Why have they not just gone out into the air? If I put dough and water together, dough, water and a little bit of sugar, and I leave that out, I will eventually get a sourdough starter. The yeast from the natural, I don't have to put yeast into that, into that uh, 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 flour mixture. Eventually it will rise because there's yeast in the air. There's oxygen in the air. There's hydrogen in the air. There are lots of different gases and chemicals and things in the air. There's funguses, there's all different things flowing around. The one thing that there isn't in the natural world is Corona. Because if Corona existed, why would you create one in a lab to do all of your testing on? So the truth is starting to come out. Now the CDC and all these agencies and all these doctors and all these institutions that have been administering this vaccine are going to start rolling back what they were saying. And they're going to say, well, we never made you take this. We never insisted that you take this. We didn't advise you to take this. We didn't demand that you take this. And they're liars. Straight up, fraudulent, evil, tyrannical, despotic, sick, vile liars. And they deserve to hang for it. See, 
this conversation is even upsetting, upsetting my dog. Meanwhile, okay, meanwhile, meanwhile, again, to review, all the doctors that were saying that there was a prophylactic way to deal with this from very inexpensive drugs were, were being derided, were being, uh, were being uh, uh, um, defamed, canceled on social media. We're being, uh, um, um, you know, driven off social media. Had profiles canceled. Had posts taken down. Had YouTube videos taken down. People that were interviewing the experts, the doctors, people like Dr. McCullough, the most published uh, doctor in his field in cardiovascular research and, and, and clinics and diagnostics. Dr. Malone, who was a co-creator of the mRNA technology. Um, Dr. Zelenko, who came up with his protocol, Dr. McCullough has his own. I guess there's a slight deviation. Okay, Joe Rogan, okay, and countless others, and on and on and on and on. Anyone coming out to say anything, people being kicked out of uh, military, people being kicked out of jobs, the people being kicked out of restaurants, people being not allowed to, to go grocery shopping, mm -hmm. people being arrested by police, people being put in camps in Australia, people being arrested, people being beaten, people being roughed up, kids, kids being masked, kids being masked, politicians standing with them not being masked, politicians saying that they're holding their breath while they're taking a picture with Magic Johnson, who is immunocompromised. I don't care. I don't need to know his, uh, his um, latest blood tests. Uh, and maybe he doesn't have a viral load of HIV anymore. But um, either way, he's, he's, he's had HIV. So whether he's doing great now or not because he's got the best medicine in the world, he's an immunocompromised person. You're not wearing a mask around him. Oh, you were holding your breath. Well, even when you're holding your breath, your body's still shedding. Can't we all hold our breath? Maybe we should have been all this past time. Would have been maybe better to pass out than have to deal with the reality. And then that leads us to the truckers. The truckers have had enough. How is it you can go from, from you can travel from Toronto to Vancouver, or you can travel from Seattle to New York, or New York to Seattle in a truck, not need to have a toxic mRNA death shot, but if you want to cross the border north-south, oh, the virus, the virus knows those avenues, the virus knows those uh, those border crossings, and it actually, you know, it the virus rushes there. It's like a, it's like a sci-fi movie, right? Like it's going to attack the border crossings, okay? And what we're seeing now across the world from Paris to Ottawa to Canberra, in Australia, to somewhat in New Zealand, to Western Europe, a little, maybe a little bit in Eastern Europe, okay, is we're seeing people say, enough, we've had enough. But the part that I don't understand, which I've watched a number of press conferences from the uh, trucker convoy, the freedom convoy, whatever you want to call it, the, the main one, which is Ottawa. Okay, so you have, you have Justin Trudeau, whether it's he's actually Castro's son or not, I don't know. He has an uncanny familiarity in terms of his facial structure. He looks like him. But odd things like that, I think, have happened before. Could be. There's, um, there's uh, people out there that say that, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Anderson Cooper, who is, from a, is a Vanderbilt, and he's the child of... Uh, I forget who, but, you know, some kind of elitist uh, um, 
couple as well. He was he's been CIA all this time. Could be. I mean, I I really don't doubt it because most of these conspiracy theories come true. Um, but whether he's Castro's son or not doesn't matter. He's definitely a WEF World Economic Forum Soros little you know baby suckling on his on his uh, you know Mama Soros's uh, tit. Um, he's going to use everything. And the WEF is going to use everything in their power to put this down and crush it. And if that means threatening truckers with taking away their babies and their kids, whether that means actually going in and taking away their babies and their kids, whether that means putting these truckers in jail, disappearing them. When they get taken away to jail, is anyone going to follow up with them? Is it going to be a January 6th thing where these truckers are abused and raped and beaten in prison for years before they ever even see a trial? How is anyone going to ever get them out once they're behind prison prison walls? Then you're in a situation where it doesn't matter how many people you have. Unless you're going to mount an armed assault upon a prison, you're you're not now those people are gone forever. Okay? So they're not going to give up. They're going to do their best to crush this. And to crush these people and kettlebell and go truck by truck, street by street. They're already starting to do it. They're doing it in other locations. Um, but what, what I had seen someone say, I don't know where it was, some post online or on Telegram, is that, and I think I mentioned this in the last session, but I said it in different words and someone else said it much more simply. I was mentioning like you can't negotiate with these people. They, they're, they're the same people that got us here. They're the same people that brought us here. And they want us here. They want us under their boot. They want us, they want to crush us. They're not interested in giving that up. They're not interested in being like, oh yeah, <laughs> sorry, we were wrong. We were wrong about the whole vax thing. We were wrong about Corona. We shouldn't have shut you down for two years and made these mandates. As the person said online, you're not going to convince evil people that they're evil. Let me say that again. You're not going to convince evil that they're evil. That's not the way, that's not the lens, that's not the way that they look at life. That's not the way they look at the world. That's not the way that their soul vibes. That's not the way they connect to, to their fellow man and woman. They just look at themselves with these other elite, which are maybe a few thousand people worldwide, 10,000 people worldwide. If you extend that out to the, to the underclass, under the elite, what, maybe a million people worldwide? Maybe 100,000 people worldwide? Maybe not even? I'm talking about a few thousand people. Basically, all the premiers, all the heads of the companies. And then you talk about their little uber you know, people and their families. Well, that's a few thousand people. What are we talking about? 10,000, 20,000 people? You can extend that out from there. But we're not talking about a lot of people at all. They don't see the world in the same terms that we do. You can't sit down at a negotiating table with those people. It doesn't work. They're negotiating on an entirely different plane than we, the people, are sitting on. There wasn't any negotiation between the British and the American colonies because 
the American colonies were saying, we have rights that are self-evident. I think those are the two of the most important words in the entire Constitution. They're self-evident. We don't dwell on those words enough. Meaning, I can see it. I see the evidence. It is evidentiary to me. It is, it is clear to me that these rights are mine based upon my birth into this world. And the, the, the legacy, the, um, well, the legacy, the, 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 the kingdom of Britain didn't see it that way. They saw it as, it's self-evident that I'm born into royalty and I get to rule over the masses. And basically, I am an, a god. I am an uber-god. I am a, an uber-human, let's say. And you all are less than me. You all work for me. You are, are, you are feudal unto me. I have my boot on your neck whenever I want. If there is a drought or a famine, I come and take your food. You starve. I don't care about your children. I care about feeding my children who will ascend to the throne and do the same thing. Don't like it? I'll cut off your head. And I'll let my different, you know, governors fight it out on horseback to figure out whose land is whose and let them, let them, you know, they used to do that. They used to raid each other. Everyone thinks that there were always these massive wars. Well, sometimes there were battles fought between 50 men on each side or 200 men on one side and 50 men on the other. People don't realize that those battles happened like basically what we would consider almost like a large gang warfare these days. But men had to ride out on horses. Men had to ride 20 miles away from their home without provisions and along the way rape and plunder and massacre. And maybe get ambushed by village people in the surrounding towns. Maybe not. Maybe they were. Maybe all they had was pitchforks. Maybe they knew archery. I, you know. I mean, we don't have the history of of all this, which is again leads me back to what's being said now by the media, the CDC, the FDA, all these agencies. They're now coming out and saying, um, <laughs> "You should secretly treat me for this. Don't be a fool." They're trying to change history. They're trying to come out and they're going to try. And, and by the way, when we see the content come out, we can, we'll see the same thing about the efficacy of the vaccines, which was all content that was preloaded, prepared, because we saw every single percentage. It went from 97% and you can search the Internet and it goes 97 down to like, I think, like 40 something. But every single percentage, there's an article for many articles for on the Internet on the interweb, on the www. And it's saved and it's archived and it's on the Wayback Machine. So it's all there. And now they're going to start putting out massive amounts of contents, millions and millions of pages of articles saying that you should seek early treatment. They're going to try and drown out the internet and there need to be voices speaking up saying you guys are liars and frauds. And just think about it. Think about how we've been withheld and, and stopped from pursuing the proper treatments and how many people suffered in agony and died as a result. And then think about where we are today with something like cannabis, where for decades, a hundred years, 
people were saying this is a solution to a lot of health problems done in the right way. And we, 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 we had to beg and plead the government to make it not illegal, to make it legal. And now what do we find? There are medical programs, but you have to be registered with the government so they will know that you are imbibing. Well, imbibing meaning because it can be an imbibement or you are facilitating or in, ingesting a plant. No one tracks me for basil. No one tracks me for for rosemary. No one tracks my lettuce. Well, I mean, it is all tracked in a certain way as far as the transaction. But if myself or someone wants to use cannabis for medical or for recreation, but for mental health, for bodily health, for whatever, no one's tracking tobacco, which is a killer, which we know, kind of some parallels to what's going on with... Uh, what we're experiencing now with this whole corona lie and and because they got away with that for all those years they knew they could get away with this uh, hopefully they won't get away with it but they've gotten away with it in terms of they've massacred millions of people they've gotten away with it because they've done it they've gotten away with it because they've shut things down they've gotten away with it because people have to close businesses they've gotten away with it because people have suffered because people have been unemployed because people have to give up their jobs because people have to foreclose on their houses because people had to pull their kids out of school because people had to choose do i abuse my kid by putting a mask on him or do i homeschool not everyone's in a situation where they where they they could easily do that i'm not no judgment either way um I mean, there is judgment, but I'm saying like I'm not, I'm not pretending to know everyone's circumstance. Um, you know, is it better to have your kid with a mask in school or better to be homeless? Because if that's the decision you have to make, I don't think it's probably better to be homeless in that case. Um, but so cannabis, which never should have been illegal in the first place, we begged and begged and begged. We begged, we begged and pleaded and we're on our knees. And for ever since I can remember, from being a child till now, we begged and begged, and then the government finally said, okay, why did they say okay? Because they figured out a way that they could generate tax revenue. Why, why, is, why is that being taxed? Okay, you could say rosemary and basil are being taxed too, of course, but not in the way that this is, not in the way that I need to get a permission for this. Why do I need to get a permission for this? I don't need to go to my doctor to get to go get a bottle of vodka. I don't need to go go and get permission for a bottle of whiskey or a beer. I don't need a script for that. Something there is an enormous amount of violence that is created in the world from alcohol. That if alcohol was, uh, I heard Jordan Peterson on a on a on a on, a, um, on, a, on his podcast with a, uh, I think a European. Um, maybe a psychologist or someone with, who deals with you know, the brain and thinking. I'm forgetting his name right now. But I think Jordan Peterson said that he studied alcohol and he said if you, again, I don't know where the statistic comes from, but it sounds, it sounds reasonable just from logic that if alcohol was, out, was off the face of the earth tomorrow, let's not say outlawed because I don't like that, but let's say if alcohol was was off the face of the earth tomorrow, something like 50% of violent crime would be about, would immediately cease from the earth. 50% of violent crime, all, like domestic abuse, just random violence, murder, mayhem, rape, off the face of the earth. 
Can you say the same for cannabis? Can you say the same for any any drug? Heroin, morphine, fentanyl, crack cocaine, cocaine, uh, uh, um, amphetamine. No. There's not one drug that you could say such a statistic. And even if Jordan Peterson is off by half, even if it was 20%, you're talking about millions of lives saved. You're talking about millions of, maybe maybe tens of millions of savings in healthcare and hospital, uh, hospital ER admissions. I mean, it's just so, so, so they, they withheld this for us for years. The, re- I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up is not to make a whole podcast about cannabis. I'm making the parallel that they withheld things from us that were perfectly safe drugs, studied ivermectin out in the world, studied for 70 years, given for 70 years. Um, 70 years of data with almost no side effect and no harm to the people that were taking it. Billions of scripts written. Very similar in that sense to cannabis. Okay, cannabis has changed over the years more than ivermectin has because cannabis is something that's cultivated. Ivermectin is simply a molecule that's found in nature that can be, that can be uh, um, you know, simulated or created uh, cannabis is something that's cultivated and it's, it's gotten a lot more powerful over the years. The THC levels have increased. So there are concerns there. I, I, don't, I do not think that cannabis is benign. I think there's a lot of things to be, to be aware of and I wouldn't say concerned, but we need to educate people on, on cannabis. And if you educate people on it, then it can be much safer. The same way we should be educating people about alcohol. What does alcohol do to your body? What is the chemical makeup of different alcohol? When you imbibe it, how long does it take you? Instead, we put out little pretty pictographs that one shot equals one wine equals one beer and be careful and don't get in the car and drive. Okay, but you know what would be really good? Teach that in science class and teach kids how the alcohol actually um, um, comes to affect your body and your motor function, your brain and your judgment. And for girls, how that's going to affect your judgment, that you may be more likely to get pregnant. You may be more likely to put yourself in a situation with a guy that may, or, or a girl, but that may, that may compromise you. You may be more likely to be in a situation where violence will be perpetrated on you or you will perpetrate the violence. And this is all aside from even drinking and driving. Right? So um, the same thing should be done with cannabis. We should be teaching about it. Here's what 15% THC can do to you, how quickly it can do to you, how it affects you. Obviously, everyone's different. Here's how it can affect you if you're a 250-pound male. Here's how it can affect you if you're a 140-pound male. Here's how it affects your brain development. Here's how it stimulates your brain development. Here's why you get hungry. Here's why. Here's what the smoking aspect does to you. Here's how it can protect you. Here's how the cannabinoids can help you and the receptors. There's, there's now um, studies out that say that uh, can, cannabino, cannabis use due to the cannabinoid molecules which bind to the ACE2 receptor, which, we, which we've known of for a long time, may actually have helped protect people against uh, either getting corona or getting it badly because that's also where the, um, the uh, coronavirus binds to, the ACE2 receptors. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. Why is that not being talked about? Because they don't want to push canna- cannabis use. I understand that. But either kids are using it or smoking it or not. And you know what? If that could have helped the kid from suffering from cannabis, from, from corona or getting some long-term 
bad effect from the corona that's out there, if it's out there, then yeah, go smoke a bowl, go smoke a joint, go go take a take a few drops of oil if that if it does you know if it has the same effect, right? I mean, wouldn't wouldn't anyone say that for their kid? Let's see, long term heart damage, or my kid gets high for you know a week, or a day, or whatever, you know. The cannabis thing is money for medical mafia, money for taxes, and then money for big pharma. Because these dispensaries, these bigger companies, these uh, uh, you know big big farms that are producing it now. I mean, I haven't done a deep dive on it. I'm sure wholesalers out there, that's big pharma now. Who knows what they're going to put into this cannabis now? Who knows how they're going to toxify it or mess it up or make it worse? You know, now they want to. There's, I'm sure, patents out there on the cannabinoids and. All that crap, because when you do a deep dive, that's what happens. But, um, you know, these doctors wouldn't give these stab exemptions, or what they're calling the jab, which sounds just so innocent. Go get a jab! Go get a jab! A jab! It's just, it's a nice word. It rolls off the tongue. A jab. A jab in boxing is just like a extending the arm, right? So you're going to get a jab by, by jabbing. Extend your arm, give me your arm, and go get it. And you're just going to get a little pinch. None of these politicians, even the ones on video getting it, have gotten it. We know that. We know that they're fakes, liars, and frauds. We know that now Durham has uncovered uh, um, this guy, Jaffe, who was spying on Trump Tower, Trump Hotel. I think those are two separate entities. And the White House. And it could not have been done without inside help. He's being spied on. I wonder what was in those 33,000 emails that Hillary scrubbed. Gee, you think it was some of that stuff? I'll bet. That's why she didn't have it on a government server. Because the government server, as has been said by other people, aside from me, would have been subject to a FOIA request. And, okay, if it's destroyed, it's destroyed. How the FBI didn't take that is because they're all complicit and all part of it. The FBI was probably helping her. So the FBI didn't come and confiscate it bunch of slugs but meanwhile players like Kyrie Irving in the NBA and what is it Jonathan Isaac I think on Orlando uh, and there was also uh, uh, what's his name on Golden State I'm just blanking out right now it'll come to me um, he wound up getting it and he said something like I guess in the NBA you don't own your body which is like whoa I mean why he would agree to taking it when he didn't want to, I think he might have might be. <clears throat> I I don't I don't know Jonathan Isaac's spiritual or or you know uh, religious practice. I was I'm pretty sure that um, oh, what is his name uh, on Golden State? God, I really don't watch the sports anymore, so I'm blanking out. But um, I think he might be Jehovah's Witness, and they're not really so into a lot of the uh, you know modern medicine. Uh, and also the fetal cells that could be in the uh, vaccine. Um, not not quite like uh, Seventh-day Adventists or something like that, but but um, but they're not they're not down with it. Let's just put it that way. Um, 
And so they were being derided, criticized, everything. Now, are things going to change? Is the media going to change that tune and be like, oh, they were right all along and they shouldn't have... And, and, and you know, why were people talking bad about them? Yeah, it was you, you idiots. Um, I just saw a an ad. It's so ironic where, where the ad's being run. I'm watching a Tim Pool uh, uh, um, podcast. It's with this guy, Greg Price, on it. I think he's like a conservative... What does Greg Price do? I just forgot. Um, it doesn't say. Um, I forgot in this introduction, but anyway, it's um, at Greg underscore Price11 on Twitter. I think he's a conservative commentator or he has his own site or something. But anyway, the ad that was running. So I've seen two ads while this particular uh, podcast has been running on YouTube. One of them was one of the most eerie disturbing ads I've seen in a while for Amazon. Um, I believe it's with that famous actress from South Africa. She's pretty, uh, she's pretty, uh, pretty beautiful woman. Uh, she was in, um, uh, she was in that Bill Murray movie years back. God, Scarlett Johansson. I think it's her, but I can't, I'm pretty sure it's her. <clears throat> she was the one that got a lot of flack when she was doing SodaStream ads, and SodaStream is an Israeli company, and they had a factory that was, you know, what they call over the green line, which is the most biggest joke in the world. <coughs> Excuse me. Employing, by the way, Arabs, employing Arabs that live um, in the in the uh, territories um, that are not a state, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then they ha- they eventually caved and shut down the factory and disemployed a number of people because of all the pressure. And she initially stood up and then she kind of caved in, you know, as they all do because they're weak and have no fortitude in testicles. Um, okay, she's a woman, but she should still have some kind of testicles. Anyway, I think she's in this ad and it's basically kind of showing a world where... This Amazon, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a uh, Siri type thing would be, (coughs) (coughs) excuse me, can kind of like anticipate what you're thinking. And it shows sometimes like a comical situation where like you're like saying, like, like you're having a dinner party and people like, oh, wow, this is really good. And you're like, yeah, you know, I made it fresh from a recipe. And then like. You know, since the thing is on and it's in the same room, it says, actually, you ordered this from the local restaurant. Like, right? It kind of like outs you. And so they're kind of like saying, like, wouldn't it be great if this, if this thing could read your mind? But then um, it kind of mocks it and, it. and then they like, you know, go back to maybe it would be better if it didn't. But what they're insinuating is that that time is coming and they're showing that they're basically being passive aggressive. They're showing how, oh, there would be all these funny situations which could be embarrassing, but that basically this would be pretty cool. That's basically what the <clears throat> what the ad is showing. Um, if you're able to dissect it and critically analyze it and and think about it, that's what they're saying. They're prepping the people that are watching it for like, no, actually, that would be cool, right? They want you to think like they're mocking it, but like, no, this really would be good. And I think that you can see the ad somewhere on Amazon. I forget what, I think it was like Amazon.com backslash 
home something. Uh, it's very eerie and it's very disturbing and it's like almost like having like a like an android, like an AI android <clears throat> watching your everything, listening to everything you're doing. People are already have these things in their home listening to them. Okay, I'm recording this on a cell phone right now, so I recognize I'm doing it to a certain extent, but I'm trying to move away from some of the less uh, less secure um, systems, let's say, out there. I just haven't done it completely yet, but I'm starting to um, move away from Facebook. I know that all of it's still being tracked and my phone's tracking and I'm working on it. It's not happening overnight, but I'm working on, on trying to free myself from some of the uh, tracking that's being done. Um, one of the interesting things I had just seen, I don't know if it's true, was like back in like 2004, there was a program that the CIA was going to run to track, basically create a profile of every human in the world, or at least every American, and just put together every single aspect of your life, right? Probably everything from like, you know, where you went to kindergarten to your grades in grade school to where you went, to, everything that they could possibly know, every data point they can know about you, and they shut it down. And the very next day, Facebook was created. Uh, I didn't verify the veracity of that, but kind of eerie if you think about it. So I don't doubt it. I, I don't doubt it. I don't think Facebook is really what it says it is. And I don't think Mark Zuckerberg is who he says he is. And I just don't believe it. I really don't. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it's, uh, you know, we're... we're, we're, we're I think I mentioned the last session, like we're paying taxes and we're just getting fleeced. We're paying taxes to all these agencies to take away our liberties and freedoms and to not, not live as free men and women. We're, our taxes are being taken to have agencies tell us for a hundred years, okay, I know the same taxes haven't been stolen from us for a hundred years, but let's just say all along the way they have been, okay? Some taxes have been taken from us. So we're paying for agencies to tell us that we can't use cannabis to improve our lives, to save us from life-threatening diseases, to save us from seizures, to save kids from seizures. We're paying taxes to have agencies tell us you cannot take ivermectin, monoclonal antibodies, or hydroxychloroquine to save your life or to save yourself from long-term damage from corona. You have to take a death shot, a toxic death shot, and our taxes are going to that, and then more of our taxes are being taken to make deals with big pharma, and more of our taxes are going to pay law enforcement agencies to crack our faces if we're found with cannabis and to put us in prison, or to put us in prison because we enter a restaurant without a mask on, or to cost us our jobs so that then we can't pay any more taxes and then we have to apply for social services, right? I mean, the insanity of what's going on in this current world. I mean, I, it's funny because back when I was in high school, I remember writing in a journal that I used to have and I knew that things were messed up back then. I knew that when George Bush wagged his finger and said no new taxes and then he got into office and raised taxes, and I listened to his State of the Union. I remember sitting up and taking meticulous notes on his State of the Union, not for any class or any reason for myself. I took notes of his hypocrisy. 
And I had written in a notebook, rethought, reform, reorganization. That was what we needed in America. <clears throat> so I saw some of this even as a still, as a malformed mind. Right? My, my mind, my brain wasn't fully formed. It's still not fully formed, but it's pretty solidified. But even as a teenager, I saw the things around me like this. Something's not right here. You know, like getting a paycheck and realizing how many pa- taxes are taken out. Even as a teenager, you're like, wait, I worked like 20 hours this week or 30 hours this week and I'm supposed to get paid $8 an hour. And why is my check only 110 I should be earning 160 you know, and you still, and it just, it just like deflates you. You're like, oh, I'm not getting paid $8 an hour. Whatever I was getting paid, it was probably less. I'm not getting, I'm getting paid 680 an hour. Where's that money going? You know, do I get to decide? Do I get to choose? Is there a referendum? Like, you know, I don't get to vote yet, but yet, you know, so it's like all these questions start coming into play, right? And, um... And that's what's going on today. We're just being fleeced. We're literally paying for our own beatings and our own demise. We're paying for the police to come and crack faces at these um, at these uh, border crossings where where patriotic Americans and Canadians are saying no more, no more. We're not doing this. We're done. People in Paris. People in uh, Canberra. People in people all over the world, right? There's about to be one heading to D.C. What are they going to do to the people in D.C.? They're going to be as harsh as they possibly can. I have no doubt. We've seen this before. We've seen it when the WTO, I think it was back many years ago, maybe like 99, the WTO in Seattle and people were protesting. Those may have been more like super leftist, maybe more the Antifa type. I really don't know. I didn't pay so much attention back then. I just remember seeing it and seeing like what looked like an army of police out, like cracking down on protesters. And I guess I was too not really so aware or interested in what was going on that I just didn't really pay attention to it. I just was, you know, in a different mind frame. Um, I think I was, uh, it was either when I was leaving college or, or soon after. And, uh, you know, my mind was more occupied with other things. It just wasn't, um, I just wasn't interested in the political landscape at that juncture. Um, but, but, you know, this is where we are. And it's, it's you know, there's still things developing in terms of these protests. Uh, let's see if the police are going to are gonna side with the politicians and their, 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 um, their, uh, their Geppettos, their people that pull their strings and pay their paychecks. And, uh, you know, they're basically their masters because they're dogs. They're dogs on a leash. The people that there was one there was one uh, video of a female police officer in Canada saying, look, I'm a police officer and I'm with you and I'm going to uphold the charter. But she, and she's like, there's many like us, but we just can't speak up because we're getting criticized. Well, you're speaking up on a video with your face. So why don't you go out to the line and when you're out there and the protesters are there, you drop your baton, you take off your face shield, you take off your helmet, and you go to the other side. And you encourage your colleagues to do the same. What do you mean? You can't speak up and you're going to up the charter. Well, now you're on video and you're probably going to get fired anyway. Or you're going to get put on leave because they're not going to have you be on the line. And what do you mean people can't speak up? That's exactly what you're supposed to do. If you're defending the charter, it's your responsibility all the more so. 
as law enforcement to speak up and say, we can't do this. We can't arrest these people for no crime. We can't arrest peaceful protesters. <clears throat> people have a right to speak their mind. People have a right to be heard. People have a right to, to bring to trial the perpetrators of crimes, which is what Trudeau should face, what other leaders should face. Cuomo, Whitmer, um, the governor of Jersey, other governors. So, you know, all this time, all this time coming into America, illegals from the southern border. Don't have to have a shot. Don't have to have an mRNA. Don't even get tested for corona. Don't, they don't even use a PCR test on them. Yet truckers employed, contributing taxes, contributing to the economy, taking our goods and services all across the nation and across the border. Somehow the illegals going north and south don't have to have a PCR test, a fake test, don't have to have a fake toxic death shot, but truckers going north and south between the American and Canadian border do. Yeah, that's science. But that, but somehow I have to be a scientist with a master's degree, a PhD, or I have to be a doctor in med school for X how many years to, 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 to be able to dissect that? Clearly the schooling didn't help these doctors. Right? These people that have MD after their name, these nurses that have you know, uh, NP after their name. All those years of school just make you stupid. That's basically what it is. And that's called being schooled, not being educated. There are plenty of people that are educated, way more than doctors and nurses, that didn't do one day of med school or nursing school or, or science school. They don't have a PhD. They don't have a master's degree. And I do have a master's degree in education. Doesn't necessarily make me better educated than anyone. Most of my education came from being in the program I was in and realizing what a freaking racist mess it was at the school I went to. It was just at, that was the education for me. The bitter reality of the schools of New York City and the obscenity of what was going on there, both in the program I was in as well as in the schools I was in. The utter pandering and, and, and waste of money and the bullshit that I saw. That was the real education. I just happened to be in a program that was an utter, utter mess, utter failure, utter facade, utter fraud. So I've seen it. And uh, it's not pretty. But here we are. And, um, and uh, I am, I am, I am hoping with all my heart and all my might that uh, I can muster that the, uh, the truckers stand their ground. I am very concerned that if they start uh, coming through on their promise, like Trudeau said, that they're going to come after these people's kids, meaning they're going to try and get social services to take away their kids for endangerment or whatever they want to, whatever charges they want to trump it up as. I believe that at that point, you're going to get people that are going to get violent. They're not going to allow their kids to be taken away from them because they don't know if their kids will ever be put, ever be allowed back. If they arrest Johnny and Joe, the truck drivers, and they pull away their kids, 
Johnny and Joe will never be heard from again. Or it'll be a January 6th thing. The kids will maybe never be heard from again and maybe be shipped off to the four corners of the world as sex slaves. And I do truly believe that. Or even if they're capped at a home or, or a certain type of place in Toronto, they will be raped and abused, just like the elitists do to children. We know this. They are pedophiles. They are sick and twisted and demonic. And so I don't think that Joe and Johnny or Jane are going to allow that to happen. And while Canadians, for the most part, are not armed like Americans, my fear, in a certain sense, on what's going to happen at one of these peaceful protests is the police are going to get violent enough that someone is going to fire off a shot. And I said this on social media. It's not because I want it to happen. But if we are students of history, we know that until a law enforcement officer is thrown from a building, until a law enforcement officer is hung in the town square, until a law enforcement officer is kidnapped, until a law enforcement officer has their hand on a spike around the capital city, they are going to continue to use corporeal punishment as a tactic to instill fear. And until the public and the people respond to make them fear, they feel like they're invincible because they are dressed in riot gear. They are almost invincible. They have tanks and ammo that they can use at will behind them. And they have the permission of the government that they will not be found, they will not be charged or found guilty for any, any crime against the people that they commit. Or let's say any damage against the people that they commit, whether injuring, maiming, or murdering. I saw a video of someone that was very badly injured in Paris yesterday. There's no video footage of the actual act happening. There's just a whole lot of medical personnel around someone that apparently was having multiple seizures. Probably they were slammed to the ground and maybe have a brain bleed or broke their skull or, or who knows. Maybe broke their spine. Maybe it's maybe it's mRNA related. Who the hell knows? I, I don't know. But clearly, and then the uh, the people in the crowd were yelling at the police, "Assassin, assassin!" And you know, it's interesting how for the past basically fifty years, about five decades plus, all across Europe, a few in the U.S., not really so much, but let's say. Certainly Dearborn, certainly parts of Minnesota, uh, not so much that I know of elsewhere in the U.S., but uh, certainly there's parts of Toronto. There are no-go zones. What are those no-go zones? Those no-go zones are Muslim communities that do not allow fire, police, ambulance. They don't allow investigations of crimes, uh, whether it's female genital mutilation, whether it's abuse, whether there's a kid missing or kidnapped or dead. Uh, whether it's spousal abuse or, or domestic violence, they do not allow foreign or state entities to come into their communities. And you do so under the, under the possibility of being killed because they will throw Molotov cocktails at fire trucks and ambulances. If, you remember, if we remember back uh, just a few years ago, I, I don't remember what really sparked it. Uh, I'm not talking Antifa. I think it's yeah, pre-Antifa... There were riots across Europe, definitely in Paris, I think maybe Brussels, 
where one evening a hundred cars were lit on fire. Imploded. Like, I mean, I don't even know if insurance covers that for most people. You know? Well, you may have like a anywhere from a $10,000 to a $50,000 car. It's now, you know, ashes. Is your insurance going to pay for that? I, I don't think my policy covers Molotov cocktail. Right? Anyway, I'm not sure how, how the insurance worked with that. But, right, you, you have, and again, I'm not looking to get into a whole discussion about the Muslim community and that whole thing. That's a whole nother, whole nother aspect. But this, this has been going on for decades where, where investigations into like really bad things, sex slavery, uh, um, pedophilia, they get, they get they, you know, the investigators can't get the information they need. No one's going to talk. No one's going to rat each other out. So they're, they're no-go zones. You can't go in there. You would have to go in with an army. Okay, and they're left to be. Why? Because of the threat of violence. And the politicians don't have the fortitude, and they certainly don't have the fortitude, right? They know that they may be run out of office because they do have a large voting block, and they will vote unified, and they will vote together, or they'll f- simply threaten to, to, you know, Sharia against these leaders, these politicians. I hate calling them leaders because they're not. And certainly the police, the law enforcement, is not going to want to go in there at the risk of their lives because it's a very imminent risk, you know, that they could be really, you would have to send in so many, you'd have to send in troops. Kind of what we're seeing now in France. Interesting how, you know, people are peacefully protesting and they, they know that for the most part, people just want to dance in the street and say, we love you. And it's kind of like a, in a certain sense, maybe a little bit of like a, a bully hippie mentality that's 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 pervading the world with this trucker convoy. You know, truckers are tough guys. You know, but 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 they, um, you know, I'm, I'm making a big generalization. There's a, they're also tough women, but 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 generally, you think of truckers as like, you know, for the most part, they're good people and they they, they do long hauls and they stay awake and hopefully they're they're nice people like anyone else. I'm sure there's some bad seeds among them as well. Okay, but you know, good people, like nothing, nothing, nothing that you would think demonic or bad. Meanwhile, here we know that Sharia and in the Muslim community is a political ideology that is not exactly in in uh, is not congruous to Western values for the most part. Often, okay, and certainly if you have a no go zone because you're going to throw Molotov cocktails at ambulances and fire trucks and you obfuscate investigations of atrocities being committed to children. That's not congruous with Western values. But yet, the, the, the political echelon never did a thing about it for the past, like I said, many decades, at least 50 years plus, and didn't have the fortitude to send in law enforcement. But now they're bringing out the you know, big law enforcement, basically military trucks with plows on them and, 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 and insane amounts of military, uh, paramilitary to disperse the crowds that are peacefully protesting and shoveling the streets in Ottawa or, or, or in the streets in Paris. So, you know, the, the, the fortitude is needed and there's a, there's a testament needed, obviously, for all this to be recorded and that's what people are doing and that's partially what, what this session is doing and ongoing. Um, but we have to, um, I think we have to realize that we can't sit at the table with these people. They're not meant to be negotiated with. And so when the trucker convoy is having their press conference and saying, we want to sit down with Trudeau, he needs to listen to us. 
he's not interested in listening to you. He's not interested in listening to his own parliament. He walked out of parliament when he was being criticized. Um, obviously, there's no particular way to keep him in parliament. It would have to be under threat of you know, corporeal punishment, which maybe he should face. But he has his, he has his police and bodyguards, and, and uh, he's not going to be kept anywhere. But he's a coward, and he flees, and he's an actor. He is a is effeminate. He's, he thinks he's beautiful. He thinks his long hair gives him uh, cover and freedom to just be pretty and say platitudes and say words that have very little meaning when you really break it down. It's just fraud and fake, just like Big Pharma, just like the WEF, just like the WHO, just like the CDC, just like the FDA. Think about all these agencies that were globally under, all these acronyms that were globally under. So it's not just in the U.S., the agencies, the DHS, the um, um, uh, all the agencies that are under DHS, Department of Homeland Security, like all these different agencies, the TSA, which I've mentioned before. We are agencied, um, uh, what's the word? We're, 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 we're like... Um, What's the word I want to, I think of? We're, we're, we're basically, uh, you know, like paupers under their, under their boots. That paupers isn't the right word. It's not the word I really want to, we're adjuncts. We're, ad, we're, we're agency adjuncts and they can dispose of us at any point they want. Um, as a closing point, what, what someone mentioned, uh, I don't remember where I saw it. Could be a variety of places. It was mentioned that with the whole give, send, go thing and the, uh, and the uh, GoFundMe, this is what a digital economy will look like with a digital ID, that if they don't like you, they don't like something you posted, they will wipe out your bank account and leave you to starve and die. And so, and the give, send, go thing was that um, apparently Canada is going to do everything they can to obfuscate the donations coming in from Give, Send, Go, which I think is based in Delaware, but I th- also saw that they may be out of Jersey. But either way, they're an American-based company. So uh, there's probably ways to change that money over to some kind of altcoin. It's all being tracked, um, but there may be a way to to get the money into the hands of the people without it being... Um, Without it being stopped, let's put it that way, then they could maybe still charge people somehow with some kind of crime. But um, but the bottom line is the you know um, GoFundMe basically took the money and decided they're mostly going to return the money to the initial donate people who donated donators or donations, uh, and then give send go was being threatened. So with more and more consolidated control. Uh, more than they've already consolidated the past two years. Um, this is what they'll do. This is their goal. They want a one-world economy, one-world ID, and total, unequivocal, compounded control of everything we do, every movement we take, every vaccine we take. And they want to um, basically do away with um, a, the majority of the world's population. Uh, we're not going to let them. We're going to do everything we can to not let them. And uh, may we be successful and may they hang from uh, short ropes. Okay, till next time, thanks for listening to Mike Fetch.